there. Welcome to Imperfectly Pollyanna, a podcast where we have real and honest talk while finding the positive in the imperfections, whether in faith, homeschool, health, or overall life. I am your host, Courtney, a faith-filled homeschool mom of two, certified health coach, medical professional, and eternal optimist. It's always interesting to me, just when I think I have a hold of my life, along comes a curveball. I've handled those types of situations differently as a kid versus a young adult versus a married mom of two. There have been several times in my life when I totally screwed up so much that I didn't see how God would ever forgive me, much less love me. I felt guilty and ashamed. I felt confused and angry. There have been times when I thought, yep, I'm on the right course, and then something would happen. I'd make a mistake, or someone else in my life would hurt me, and I felt guilt once again. As a mom, time and time again, I have started out with good intentions, and then I lose it. I lose my patience, my focus, myself. Have you ever felt that way, or am I totally alone in this? This past weekend, I hosted a homeschool curriculum sale for our local community, and the location was my church. I had all these good intentions. See, we are an extremely small congregation. I'm talking 20 people or less, and right now, it can be even smaller due to some preferring to watch VR live stream on Facebook. So when I saw the need for our homeschool community, as well as the desire to bring people into our church, I felt it was truly the right thing to do. And then, then things started falling apart. (laughs) The room that I had planned on using for all the sellers to set up, well, it had been taken over halfway by the day here that currently rents our space at our church. And it was not going to come together. It just wasn't. And then I started worrying about the weather because it was supposed to be really hot and people were concerned about how hot it was going to be because we were going to have more sellers than we planned on. Originally, I planned on a certain amount, and then I didn't want to turn anybody away because that wasn't the point. So then we had more and more people wanting to sell, and everybody was excited, and I started panicking because I was like, how am I going to fit all these people inside? I'm not going to be able to. And then I said, okay, that's fine. We'll just put people outside. And then it was going to be too hot. And so I just... I I freaked out. I really did. I lost my mind. And then the morning of ended up being that the weather, it was supposed to storm. (laughs) So great. Okay. First I was worried about the sun and now I'm worried about the rain. Okay. So I totally had turned it over to the Lord by that point. But to rewind just a little bit earlier in the week, I was worried about people judging our space, judging our church, judging how the daycare, I mean... Let's be honest, they take care of kids. It looks like they take care of kids. And I was worried about being embarrassed. I realized because I found myself saying things like, I was trying to be a vessel. I was trying to do this or that. And as I said it out loud to my husband, I realized that it had become about me and not about God and people, which was the whole point to begin with. I had made it about myself, even though I had good intentions. So needless to say, the Lord and I had a good conversation when I realized my wrongdoing. I repented, we're good, and you know what happened? God showed up just like I knew he would. Now, I'm going to share what happened at the end of this podcast, but, but I am really excited about how this comes together with my guest today. You're going to love her. 
Chrissy Keniston is a military spouse, mom of three, and author of What If I Name Her Grace, a transformative tale of trying to live like Jesus in the trenches of early marriage and motherhood, and learning how to find God's grace when you miss the mark. She's also the founder of Copy with Chrissy, an online copywriting business she started in 2018. Chrissy's writing has been featured in various online publications such as Thrive Global and For Every Mom. She's also appeared on several Christian and entrepreneurial podcasts. Chrissy currently lives with her family in New Mexico, but moves frequently as most military families do. Well, thank you so much, Chrissy, for being here today. I am so excited about what you're going to share and all the things we're going to talk about. And I know that I would love to just kind of start out by getting to know you a little bit better about your story on with your marriage and being a mom. And I know that I can't even imagine what it's like traveling as a military spouse. So <laughs> I applaud you for that, but I would love for you to just share your story with us. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, so my name is Chrissy Keniston and I am a mom of three and an air force spouse. So we move all the time. I have moved five times in the last 10 years, which is just crazy to think about sometimes. Um, and my kids are four, six and eight girl, boy, girl. And we love Jesus and our family is all about, you know, following Jesus and trying to be more like him. And we're very centered, my husband and I, on bringing our kids to Jesus and letting them get to know him and model their lives in that way. But it was quite the journey to get to where we are now. Um, My husband and I met in college. I was 19 and he was 24. Um, He had been in the Navy for six years. And he got out of the Navy, went to school, and that's where we met at Florida State University. Go Knowles. Um, And we started dating. And about three years into the relationship, he decided that civilian life was not for him. And he wanted to go back in the military, but he was going to be in the Air Force this time. So he did Air Force ROTC at Florida State. Florida State is pretty well known for being a party school. And we were quite the partiers. Um, I mean, we had, you know, a lot of friends and we went out all the time and there was a lot of drinking in our lives, you know, but it felt just like, you know, fun college stuff, what everybody was doing. Right. And then um, I graduated and I was a TV news producer at the time. And I was fortunate enough to get a job in the same town as the college. So I could stay there while my husband, who was boyfriend at the time, finished his school. Um, And then we got engaged right after he graduated, like a week later, (laughs) and um, we got married and we got our first assignment in New Mexico. So we were moving from Florida where all of our friends and family were by ourselves to New Mexico, newlyweds, but we'd been together like five years at that point. Our partying continued, (laughs) but it was just us. (laughs) And my husband especially started drinking more and more heavily, and it really became a big issue between us. And I, you know, just a few months after we got married, I felt like our marriage was falling apart and I didn't, I mean, I didn't know what to do. I, you know, I I was very much in this place of everybody just like came to the wedding and our family spent all this money. And how can I, that's like where my head was (laughs) like, how can I leave this marriage? And so I started crying out to God for help. And I didn't even know 
the Lord really at that point in my life. You know, I was raised in a Christian home in the sense of we went to church on Christmas and Easter. We said grace before dinner. We said prayers at bedtime. That was kind of it though. Like there was no concept of inviting God into your daily life at all. Um, so I had just kind of forgotten about him. I feel like, you know, it was like, I never made a conscious choice to stop you know, believing or anything like that. I still believed. I just kind of forgot about Jesus for a while there through high school and college and into this time and the beginning of my marriage. But I was in such a place of desperation that I really was calling out to him for help. Like, what do I do? And then I got pregnant <laughs> with our first child. And as soon as I saw that positive pregnancy test, it was like, I just felt, oh my gosh, okay, I have to make this work now. Like, this is all about my baby. I have to make this marriage work. I believe that we can get there, but I don't know how. And so for the next eight months of my pregnancy, I literally was crying myself to sleep, praying to a God I barely knew, saying, help me. What do I do? Pull me out of this. How do I bring a baby home to my husband who's drinking all the time? And every time I brought up the drinking, he just made me feel like I was making mountains out of molehills, like it was nothing. And I was overreacting. And so when I was eight months pregnant, I think it was like two weeks from my due date. My husband came home from work and he said, I need to talk to you. It's serious. I'm calling my best friend to come over. I want you to call your girlfriend and tell her to come over because I want her to be here with you. So I started, I mean, I was freaking out. I was like, he's going to tell me he has cancer or something like what is happening, you know? And so everyone came over and he sat us down in the living room and he said, I have a drinking problem and I need to get help. And it was, I mean, that's truly to this day, like the biggest miracle in my life from the Lord that he completely on his own, after denying it for so long, he came to that conclusion, you know, like God brought him there. We fully believe that now, you know, he had actually, he, his job at the time was the executive assistant for a colonel and the colonel had to go to the library that morning and do a children's reading. And my husband went with him and was sitting there in the library, seeing all these kids. And that's when it hit him like a ton of bricks. And he was like, I am in no shape to be a good father. And that's what he knew. And so two weeks before my daughter was born, he went and got help. He came back a couple of days before she entered the world and we have never looked back. And we started going to church and the following February. So about 10 months later, we got baptized together in our church, which was amazing. And then we've just been growing closer to the Lord ever since we put him at the top of the marriage triangle, you know, and we knew that we wanted to raise our kids to know Jesus. And every time we've moved, finding a new church has been top priority, getting into a group of believers that we have that group, you know, to encourage us and help us. And it's just been really incredible over the last, let's see, that was about eight years ago. So over the last eight years to see how God has drawn us both closer to him, like in different ways, in different paces at different times. You know, there's been times that I felt like I was just like drinking from a fire hose, you know, just like consuming everything from the Bible. And I was so on fire. And I mean, I am so on fire for the Lord and like, just so excited about growth and his was slower. And I had to learn to trust God in that and trust his timing. And it's not like it ever stopped. It was just a slower pace of him getting to a place where he wanted to be reading the Bible every day and he wanted to be serving in church. And, you know, I never, I really had to like remind myself over and over again that I cannot be the Holy Spirit for him. 
and to let like get out of God's way, you know, and just let him do it and trust. And it's just been so beautiful to see how much we have both grown and how it's impacted our family and how differently we're raising our kids and how we were raised. And we just love having Christ at the center of our household. And so, yeah, that's the the story of how we got to where we are now. <laughs> I started to like tear up while you were like telling the story. I'm like, okay, I'm going to nonchalantly scratch my eye, because, <laughs> but because it's so powerful and moving and touching and even from somebody that like, I mean, we don't know each other outside of the internet, you know, and on happenstance and to have that be so touching and inspirational. And there's so many little takeaways from that. Like, it's such a powerful story, even from just your perspective. While I was listening to you, I thought a lot of times, at least to me, when you hear of someone that has struggled with an addiction of some sort, whether there's issues with drinking or some other vice, a lot of times, a lot of stories or a lot of help is focused on that person. And, you know, and we hear about, well, it affects everyone around you. And I know that we have had people in our family that have struggled with different addictions and it, it really has impacted like by leaps and bounds, you know, like a ripple effect. And, but to hear this, your story from your perspective and where you were and seeing how much God was moving in your life and knowing that, you know, you said how you grew up on, you went to church on holidays, you know, on special occasions, but whenever you were at that moment of desperation, you cried out to the one place that you thought, if there's any hope for me, I'm just throwing it all in, you know, to just, if, if he's out there, that this is my last chance. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I really appreciate that thought process. And that part of your story is just knowing that you, you knew, and now it has changed. And I, I kind of chuckled because I feel you on the whole thing of, you have to remind yourself that you're not the Holy spirit. Like, you know, like we want, we can be used by the Holy spirit, but we are not the Holy spirit. And, but it is hard whenever you have a spouse that is at a different pace of you and your walk in life and your walk with life or with the Lord, because everybody's different. But then whenever you're married to somebody that you're with every single day and you're making all these major decisions, and then they're not at the same pace that you are, it can be so frustrating. And then, you know, I know that a big thing for you is that you have talked about in your book. And I definitely want to talk about that here in a few minutes, but I'd love to hear your thought process of then like where you went from there and raising children. Cause it is so stressful in this world of raising children in the world, but not of the world, you know, and, um, and having that balance of marriage and motherhood. And then whenever you completely screw it up and you have to like, you feel like you have to start back at the beginning, you know? Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) Well, my, so my kids are, I said they're four, six and eight. So they're all like just under two years apart. So when I was having them, it was, it was a hard time. I think I wasn't fully prepared. You know, you, when you're pregnant, you read all about like pregnancy and giving birth and maybe the newborn stage a little bit. That's, that's at least myself. That's like the amount of preparation that I did. So as they like turn into babies and toddlers, and then I have more babies while I still had toddlers. And then we lived in Guam when I had my second and third baby. So it's not like we had family even, I mean, literally the other side of the planet, we were on the other side of the globe. 
And my husband deployed as well after my, right after my son was born. So I had a four month old and a two-year-old. And I mean, it was just, again, that I, it was like, I got saved, you know, my husband and I together got saved. And then we had this whirlwind of moving to Guam and getting settled. And I had the baby right after we got there and then he left and I had kind of, I wasn't as connected to God. Like I hadn't started really getting serious about connecting with him again. So when I was in this place, once again, of desperation, where I had the two-year-old, the four-month-old alone on the other side of the world, my son, bless his heart, did not sleep more than an hour at a time for the first 18 months of his life. <laughs> and I mean, I was a disaster and I, it was, it came back to that place of crying out to God. And I remember just like putting him in his crib going into my bedroom and just sobbing like on my knees, help me. It was like the same thing where I was like, just help me. Like, how do I get through this? I felt like I was yelling at my toddler. I was yelling at the baby. I was, you know, it was just, I, you know, we are meant to get sleep and I wasn't getting sleep and it was so hard. And, and then my husband left too. And we had become to such a sweet place in our marriage. It was really the closest we'd ever been in our whole time together. And I was so worried about him leaving for months and us losing that. And so that was when I really dove into daily time in the Bible and doing devotionals. And I very purposefully did marriage devotionals while he was gone so that I could keep it like front and center, the, how to be a biblical wife and the kind of wife God was calling me to be. And I wanted to make sure that motherhood wasn't like swallowing all that side of me up too, you know? And so it made it that a lot easier when he came back, you know, you hear a lot of military families struggle with when their husbands come back and they've been gone for so long and it's so hard to reintegrate the family. And I mean, it wasn't perfectly smooth sailing, but I think it was a lot easier because I had kept myself centered and God had really taught me so much about being a biblical wife while he was gone. So I was able to, you know, just be ready to be in that role again. And then we had our third child and we moved back to the States and I had developed that habit now of being in the word every day. And I, to me, that is what made all the difference for me to be a good biblical wife and biblical mom. And I think that that was what saved my sanity <laughs> during all that chaos was learning how to be close to God during the chaos. Like, the, the time in his word in the Bible varied greatly depending on what season I was in. So it might've been 10 minutes, you know, at lunchtime or something, or I maybe I, like now I'm in a season where I can get up at 5.00 AM and spend an hour and it's not as big of a deal because my kids are older and they're sleeping through the night. And, you know, so I think that we, we have to remember that it can be different. Like it doesn't always have to be an hour at 5.00 AM every day. <laughs> if it's 10 minutes at 2 PM or whatever, as long as you have something. So once his word was like in my mind regularly, you know, anything that you're consuming regularly, that's going to what is what pops up into your head, right. In any moment. So it became easier for me to recall his words about, you know, a gentle answer turns away wrath or, you know, the fruits of the spirit, gentleness, kindness, self-control, all these things that are so hard, especially when you're a mom of littles. And when they were so close together, and it, I'm was very easily impatient and angry. And I was, a, I'm a yeller. Like my mom was a yeller. I'm a yeller, you know, and trying to overcome all of that by having those verses easily pop into my head, but that'll never happen. If you're not reading those verses and understanding them regularly, and then combining that with 
trying to tune back into God throughout the day. So like if you're washing dishes, when you're brushing your teeth, when you're driving the kids to soccer, you know, whatever it is, taking that time to have a little conversation with him. Uh, I think that especially when we're newer to a walk with the Lord, we don't understand that prayer doesn't have to always be like down on your knees, dear heavenly father, you know, like you can just talk to him. Like we're talking right now, you know, and that was a game changer for me when I realized that a few years ago and was able to just reconnect, you know, at these moments throughout the day. And it just kind of recenters you and <laughs> helps you get over that mommy rage <laughs> as we like to call it, you know, that can pop up so easily. I I'm glad that you mentioned how you found that time, because I was going to ask you, what does it look like? Or, and it does make sense that different seasons are going to be, I, I spoke with somebody the other day on the internet, on social media, they were asking about local gyms and which ones to go to. And some people were talking about like, oh, it's 24 seven. So go to this one. And, but she's a brand new mom, like newborn baby that I think is only a couple of months old at this point. And so I got on, it was between a 24 hour gym and the local YMCA. And Um, you know, and this is not an ad for the YMCA, but (laughs) we go to the YMCA. And so I shared with her, I was like, for some people, 24 seven, that works for them because they're up in the middle of the night. And so that's whenever they can go. But in reality, as a new mom, and then as a current mom of two, that even though they're older, I might think in my head, oh yeah, I'm going to go and work out while they're asleep. When in reality, no, I want to sleep. I need to sleep. So I'm not going to go to the gym. So (laughs) Who cares if they're 24 seven, I'm going to go to the one that works for me. So I relate that back to you saying like, it depends on what season you're at. If I was a single person and, or if I was just married, I had no kids, then that might be a different story. Mm -hmm. But, you know, with every season finding what works for you. And I appreciate that you said that, you know, an hour at 5am might not be feasible, but talking in the car and talking so honestly, with the Lord, like it's a relationship. That's what he wants. He's not wanting to be up in the sky and separated from his creations. He wants that relationship. And it's just like a marriage. If you are married, but you never have communication, if you don't talk to them, then what kind of marriage are you having? So yeah. Do you have suggestions whenever you said you purposely did like marriage type of devotionals and books and that kind of stuff? I was wondering do you have any favorites that you can recall that really, you know, resonated with you? Yeah. So the love dare, I think that's a really popular one that a lot of people have heard of. I did that first and that was really awesome. Um, but the respect dare was the game changer for me. That was the one that really solidified the, the wife's role that God wants us to have. And it really helped me understand the idea of being submissive the way that we're called to be in the Bible, that that's like a very scary word for women nowadays, right? That's very countercultural. And even for bi- women that want to be biblical, we st- I think just because of the world we've grown up in, you feel this resistance to that word, you know, like, wait, no, no, that doesn't sound right. But once you fully understand what it means, that it doesn't mean being a doormat by any means, and it doesn't mean just blindly following your husband's commands at all time, you know, I it made it feel much more realistic and I felt much more able to do, you know, what God's calling us to do and to understand it more. And, um, there, I mean, there's been science that's proven that men want respect, like that's they're designed to want respect, which means God designed them that way. So I think that's why it's called the respect dare. And it really just teaches you how to be still a strong wife that has a very, you know, equally important role 
in the marriage, but how to do that while showing great respect to your husband. And it has all these different exercises you can do. And it's all based, you know, on the Bible and scripture. And it was just really fantastic. So I did that one. Um, and then I did the other one I did while he was away was draw the circle. I think it's by Max Batterson. Um, and that wasn't specifically on marriage. I think you can kind of point it in whatever direction you're needing at the time. It's like, you can do it multiple times, but it has you walking circles around. Like for me, it was around my home and praying while walking in circles. And I remember doing that in Guam, like rain or shine, sometimes with the baby on my hip, like I was walking circles <laughs> around our house and praying. And I mean, it was just such a cool way to connect with God and really feel, you know, the power of prayer and what a difference that that can make in whatever you needed in. And for me, it was my family at the time. Sure. Okay. Those are really great suggestions. Like I'm super excited. Is, now is the respect there? Is that by the same author as the love I think so it's been a few years, okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's fine. I was just curious, but, and I love that the circle one that that sounds really good. I love that. So thank you for sharing that. Speaking of books, let's chat about your book. I am curious what brought you to the point in your life where you were like, I have all these young children. Why not just write a book? Because I've got all this extra time, right. you know? <laughs> so what was it like? Did you feel led of the Lord? What was your journey to coming to the point of saying I'm doing this? Yeah. Well, I have, I've always been a writer, like casual writer, you know, I've always kept journals, fell in love with writing a really young age, always loved reading. I mean, that's just been a huge passion of mine forever, but becoming a published author, at least as a kid was portrayed as like becoming a rock star, you know, like nobody could do that. So difficult. So I never realistically pursued it and um, actually danced and did ballet for a really long time as a kid. And then I had a, in college, I got a media degree and I was in the television world for a while. Yeah. Then I did the stay at home mom thing and I really missed the writing. And I had some friends like along those years that I was stay at home mom that had participated in national novel writing month which is every November. It's like a nationwide thing where it's a challenge to write 50,000 words in the month of November. That year, for some reason, my youngest was two. So I didn't have like baby babies anymore. And I just felt like, I feel like I can do it this year. I just really want to do this novel writing challenge. I know I didn't have a novel in me. It was going to be a nonfiction you know, book, but I just, I, I had wanted to do it for so long. And I felt like I had finally reached that place where they weren't baby babies that needed me so constantly. So I was like, okay, nap time. That's going to be my time. And every day in that month of November, 20, you know, seven days a week, I sat down at nap time or bedtime. If nap time didn't work out, like I never let myself off the hook and I wrote my words. And I mean, we even, we went on a camping trip with friends one weekend and I took my laptop with me and I did it <laughs> while we were camping. Like, I, I just was so, I felt so excited to be doing it. And it was, I mean, it is all God. Like he, the way the book went. So it's like part memoir, part devotional. And I knew how I wanted to start the book with the story of my marriage and how God had saved us. And after that, I had no idea what I was going to write. Truly. I just knew that it was, it was going to come from somewhere. And so I call it my own like manna from heaven situation because he literally, like I would wake up in the morning and know what the chapter I was going to write that day would be about. I'd write the chapter, have no idea what was coming next, go to bed, 
wake up the next day and have the next chapter, but he gave it to me one day at a time. And so I had to trust that it was going to keep coming, you know, and then I had to trust when it was done because the goal of the month is 50,000 words. And I hit about 42,000 words and it felt really complete. And I really felt like that Holy spirit guidance that it's done. This is more important than hitting this goal. Like you need to trust that your book is done. And I did. And so the way the book reads, like it's, it's an over, like a story flows throughout all the chapters, but each chapter can also stand alone. And I think that that works really well for moms that are in that busy season of kids and chaos, you know, that they can pick it up and read one chapter and put it down. If you only get 10 minutes to read at a time, you know, and so the, the book is called, what if I name her grace? And yeah, it starts with that story with, of my marriage. And then it just goes through all the different things that we deal with as women, uh, you know, marriage, motherhood, friendships, anxiety, um, dealing with our past. If we don't have the cleanest past, you know, all these different things and looking at all of them through a biblical lens and going to scripture for answers with how to deal with all of these things. And just looking at Like I wanted to convey that I had found this really practical, relatable way to connect with God, even in the middle of all that chaos of three young kids and a military husband who was leaving and moving all the time. And yet I still connected to him and it changed my life. And so I felt like God was calling me to share that with other women and just inspire and motivate them to do the same thing and connect to him in the same way. Yeah. I love that. I, and hearing you talk about it, I, I think like looking back on your story, even from the beginning of our conversation and you sharing the things that you had gone through and where you were at each moment of your life, it was not a surprise to the Lord. He knew where you were going to be. And he knew that however many years down the line, you were going to be writing a book, sharing those stories, sharing that experience and sharing it to change other women's lives in some type of like whatever season they're at in their life. And I know that you talking about, it kind of all flows together. So I'm just like listening and I'm hearing you talk about, well, whenever I was at a different pace than my husband, but we came together, we were saved together. We were baptized together, which I love, by the way, I didn't mention that, but what a wonderful experience, but you come together and then, but God is continuing to work through both of you in different areas and guiding you as you go together and doing it one step at a time which is exactly then with your book, it's, he gave it to you one day at a time, one chapter at a time. And then mothers can read it one chapter at a time, (laughs) you know? And so I'm like, yes, I love it. I love all the little details that, you know, sometimes I've been guilty of it where until I look back at the situation, I don't see the connection. And then suddenly I'm like, Oh, so that's what it was. Like there was a reason like, and I, you know, I might not have understood it then there might not have been an understanding of what the reason was of why I had to go through something, you know, couldn't God have used me in the same way without having me go through the hard times, you know, like, did I have to go through that situation to get here? (laughs) But, but on the other side of that and having that consistency with plugging into him every day and having that word truly in your heart really does make a huge difference, no matter what season you're in, even if it's for that 10 minutes a day or an hour a day. So I really appreciate what you said about that. Yeah. God can use any of it. I mean, no matter how much time we can give him, 
he's just happy to get something from us. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I know that I have sometimes where I am trying to get in my devotional time in the morning. And I've been using this one specific app Bible in one year app. And I love it. It usually takes between 20, 25 minutes or so, depending on if I'm listening or if I'm reading it and it never fails, I get interrupted. Like Mm -hmm. it, it, whether it's a dog or a child and I will get up early and I'll think, Oh, I'm awake early. I did it this morning. I was like, I'm up early before anybody else. I'm going to go ahead and get up, do my devotional time and I'll knock it out. And no sooner did I sit down than the dog wanted outside. And then my daughter got up early and I was like, really, I'm even up earlier than normal. And here I am. And then I feel bad because, you know, 30 minutes later, I'm still trying to get this thing knocked out. I'm like, sorry, God, it's not that you're not important, but giving yourself grace, you know, knowing that the Lord gives us grace, that it's okay because he sees our heart and he is going to use us and speak to us. He just wants a chance to be able to do that. Exactly. Yeah. I read something once that talked about how we don't want to get too legalistic with our time with God, like that it's this law that we must (laughs) follow or we're in trouble, you know? And yeah, I think, yeah, that giving ourselves grace to understand that it is not going to be perfect every day (laughs) and that you just do the best you can. And then being realistic about whether you really are doing the best you can. I mean, that's how it was for me before I started getting up early. Um, Probably before I had my third daughter, I was like, I think I was making a lot of excuses about why I didn't make it happen. And, you know, I was like, oh, well, I didn't get up early enough. So I was going to push it to nap time. And then at nap time, I did all these other things and I forgot. And then I was so tired by bedtime that I just couldn't do it, you know? And then I, he really convicted me through, I had a friend say this to me that um, she realized she was putting sleep as an idol because she was putting it before God, like anything we put before God is an idol. Right. And oh my goodness, that like hit me in the heart. And I just thought I am doing that too, because I wasn't making any effort to get up early. I was like, no, I have a baby. I have two other kids. Like I need my sleep. I'm just going to be a worse mom if I get less sleep. Right. But God like, wasn't letting it go, you know, like when it's always on your mind. And I was like, okay, he's telling me to get up early. So And I had never been a morning person my whole life. So this was in 2018. I started getting up early every morning and I was not more tired. Like it was incredible. I was making myself get up at 530 in the morning and do these, this 30 minutes with God. And that was just, it was, I guess it was because I was being obedient. He was sustaining me the rest of the day. And I had enough energy to get through the day. I actually felt better, even though I was getting up earlier. And so that habit has just stuck with me ever since then. I think that's a huge thing to note is that when we are obedient, it doesn't mean that life is perfect. It just means that we have that extra foundational support to get through the day. And he's going, like you said, he's going to sustain us no matter where we're at, as long as we are continuously checking in with him, you know, being in his word, connecting with him throughout the day. And then he's going to lead us and goodness knows there are days, there have been days where, you know, the kids are fighting and, you know, and everybody's hungry. Nobody wants to eat what we've prepared. You know, we've got all the things to go to the dogs are driving us crazy. And, you know, life is happening like a whirlwind around us. And, you know, you think I've thought I'm going to lose my mind They're there. <laughs> I see t-shirts. I've seen graphic t-shirts, which I love. I'm wearing one today, <laughs> but uh, I've been, I've seen the ones where they say something about, um, y'all are testing the Jesus in me, yes. like something, something to that effect. <laughs> and I'm like, 
I've gotten to where now, whenever I find myself in those situations where I'm starting to lose my patience and get so angry where I used to be like, I, I might say things that I would regret. I literally pray to God, even if I'm angry, I'm like, please Lord help me right now. And it is like, it's an honest prayer. Mm -hmm. I am desperate because I'm about to lose it. And I don't want to lose it. I don't want my children to grow up and be like, yeah, mom was like crazy cakes. And yes. you know, oh now we gosh, need, yes. now we need therapy for all the world. <laughs> you know? like, That's so, true. so, so yeah. So checking in every day and having him just brings about a peace because you know that no matter what is ahead for the day, you have somebody that's going to be there with you and sustain you, you know, and be with you as you grow in him and through life, and then be able to have that responsibility of raising your children to know and love the Lord. We can't control all their decisions, but we can give them that foundation. And then we have a whole lot of prayer. So we need a relationship with God because we need a whole lot of prayer for raising those children. Oh my goodness. Yes. (laughs) So what does your life look like now, as far as like in this season of life, what is your, can I ask like what your routine is for what you're doing with your walk with the Lord? Where is it? now? Like, what do you do? Do you still get up at five 30 now or what is it? Yeah. So during the school year, I was getting up at five. My husband and I have just made it a point to go to bed early. You know, we're asleep before 10 every night so we can get up early. And so I do a five to six. I very recently, probably in the last three or four months, I transitioned it from five 30 to six to five to six so that I could really just not feel like I was rushing through it, you know, and being, I kept like, when it was just the 30 minutes, I was always looking at my watch, like, okay, how close to six is it? Cause I had to get the kids up at six to get on the bus. And so I, I made it five to six. Now that we're in summer, I do six to seven. Cause I don't, they don't get up as early cause I don't have to, which is great. <laughs> and I, you know, it's, it's still a work in progress. We're only a few weeks into the summer and they're starting to wake up earlier some days and they're loud. <laughs> and, you know, and then I feel distracted. So they may not like, they don't come in the room. They know what I'm doing but they're loud. And so then I feel distracted. And then I start to wonder if they're causing problems or getting into a mess or, and so I'm always like reassessing that schedule. I feel like to, you know, make sure that like that priority is the only priority at the time. And then, you know, during the day, it really is just trying to check back in when I'm washing dishes, when I'm folding laundry, I try to listen to Christian podcasts, so that my mind is in that space. I read Christian books. I recently transitioned to only reading Christian books or like nonfiction, personal development type books. I'm not reading like romance novels or anything anymore. Yeah. You know, it matters what you put in your head is what you're going to be thinking about. And I, I realized looking back on my, especially my teenage and like early 20 years, what an influence that kind of stuff was music, movies, books on the way that I acted and the way I presented myself and what I thought was cool or fun or whatever, you know? And so I'm very mindful, you know, my husband and I both are of what our kids are watching and what they think is cool and fun and who they're hanging out with, because I know what an influence that was on me. Um, and we do, we try to do, um, like a short devotional with the kids. When I remember, I'd like to say I did it every day, but I don't. (laughs) Uh, But when I remember, I try to do some kind of kids, kid related devotional that they can understand just to keep their minds on God. And anytime that we're doing discipline, we always try to bring it back to like what God wants, what God expects, not what mommy and daddy want or mommy and daddy expect, you know, it's like, this is what God expects of us. It's we are Christians and, you know, we want to be obedient to him. And, 
Um, I've tried to, so, you know, the, um, you version Bible app, they have, they have stories like Facebook and Instagram have stories. And so you can do like two minutes where it's like a verse and a little video about the verse and then a little devotional reading. And so I try to do that at lunchtime. It's like a midday reconnection point with him, you know, also don't remember to do that every day, <laughs> but yeah. so like, truly yeah. it's about giving yourself grace. And, you know, now that we're in summer, there's not like a set routine really, but for any of us, um, in my family, but that's, you know, that's what the goal right now. And then prayers at night with the kids are really important too. I feel like they, they open up more when we're just laying in bed, you know, we do it one by one, like not as a group. So that way they each get time with either me or my husband. We always ask them like, what was the best part of your day that you want to thank God for? What was the hardest part of your day that you want to ask God to help you with? And then who do you want to pray for? Like, who's, you know, who do you think needs prayer from you today? And we do that every night in hopes that that's like getting into their brain, that that's how they want to pray as they get older. So, yeah. And it's showing them that habit you're building, you're creating that habit with them so that it is just like, it's just part of the day. My daughter and I, we sing two songs every night before bed. It's the same songs and it's been going on for over a year now. And then we say a prayer and it's, but it's become such a routine that she loves it. We look forward to it. And you're right. Like that time before bed, having that one-on-one time and just being able to have that connection and that connection to pray. She, she does tell me that sometimes whenever we're praying, she's like, I, by the time that we get done, I'm almost falling asleep because I'm just so relaxed. And so I told her, well, we are praying for the Lord to help us have a restful sleep, you know? And, and so he's giving that to us before we even put our head on the pillow because we're falling in, we're ending our day in a relationship with him. And so I love that you're including your children in that we do. So I have, speaking of devotionals with kids, we are a homeschool family. So for us, we have this checklist every day and we do school year round, but we do less of it during the summer. But this past year we've started a checklist. And so it includes things like from everything from school subjects to chores, to taking their whole food capsules, like, like everything. And then they get points for that. And then they get to turn in their points for stuff, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, but one of the things is devotionals. And so they have to do it a certain time of, or a certain amount of time during the week, like a certain amount of days. And so I started out the, them out slowly because you don't want to be extreme, you know, for them, I wanted to find what was working for them. So we've gotten up to, I can't remember how many days a week I'd have to actually look at the checklist <laughs> because that's why we have the checklist, but it's gotten to where they look forward to it. My daughter, she is eight right now and she is doing a veggie tales devotional. And so, and she's finally learning how to read a lot better. So she enjoys doing it because it's interesting to her and she's proud of herself for reading and it has a verse from the Bible and a little commentary and a prayer and a thought of the day. And then my son, who is 12, he is doing, I think it's called cool, cool devotionals for guys or something like that. And so it's not even like for boys, no, it says guys. So that's a huge thing (laughs) for him. And he does, he does it on his own. It does. It has like a verse and some, you know, a thought for it and commentary or whatever. And then there's some kind of activity. So sometimes there's a crossword puzzle or, you know, fill in the blank or an activity to do. And I see him or hear him sometimes laughing about it. And that makes me so happy because, or he will bring up in conversations, a situation that we're in. And he was like, well, you know, kind of like so-and-so in the Bible. And I'm like, oh wait, what? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, 
where'd you get that from? And he's like, from my devotional. I'm like, I did good. I did good. Like, I'm like, go God. Like we, we did it. High five, you know? So, so, and it's not an everyday thing. I'm, you know, I'm with you. It is a process and we don't have to be perfect overnight. And it's the whole, it's the whole grace thing. So I do want to talk a little bit more about your book. I know it is coming out soon. It's launching. Was it June 29th? Yes. Is that right? So soon. I've, I've already downloaded the first chapter, Yay. just letting you know. <laughs> Yay. I'm looking forward to the rest of it. I know you talked a little bit about it, about it being a devotional as well as stories and that kind of thing. So what are you hoping? Is there an ideal person that should listen or not listen, but to read it? <laughs> is there a person that should read it? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny what God can do with something that you never imagined. So I had envisioned this book really being for younger, um, maybe not necessarily younger, but just moms and married women that were newly married and newly having kids, because that's the season of life that I wrote about. And I feel like it's just very relatable for that season of life. But (laughs) I've had people reading it probably for about the last six months, just, you know, early readers and the Kindle version came out back in March. And so I've had people reading that. And I've had so many people from different walks of life tell me that they believe it's perfect for their season. I've had moms of teenagers. I've had women in their 60s. I've had dads (laughs) read it that all said that they thought they got so much out of it. And I'm just so humbled by that and grateful that God is really using it for almost anyone that's read it so far. So yeah, I think it's my target audience is really women, especially women with children um, and women that are married with children. But apparently it's working really great to help a lot of people draw closer to Jesus. That's wonderful. God's like, hey, I just need you to just be willing and I'm going to I'm going to take you on this journey. So where do you feel like the Lord is leading you now? Do you have an idea of from here, whether it's with the book or just in life in general, where do you feel like the Lord's leading you? Well, it's funny because I, I feel like just like the writing of the book was such a trust, like growing my trust in him so much. I feel like that's where I am right now that I'm kind of in this waiting period of trying to hear what he wants me to do next. And he hasn't really shown it to me yet. So I'm just trusting that it's going to come eventually. And I was actually talking to my husband about this the other day that a few years ago, this would have been agony for me <laughs> to not know what was coming. Cause I'm such a planner. Like I'm that very type A personality always have every moment planned. And so to be in the space of, I don't know what he wants me to do next. Really. I feel partly like I'm being called to do some public speaking on the book and the book topics to like women's conferences and that sort of thing. I would love to pursue that Avenue. Um, I already have had a few doors opening there, which is pretty exciting. Um, I also am a freelance copywriter, so I do um, like email marketing and websites um, for online businesses. I do copywriting for that, and I've been working really hard at that for two and a half years now, and I'm not sure if God is calling me to step away from that and really just step into this book and that ministry or to continue with my business because I've made amazing connections there. And, you know, I fully believe God can use us in the secular world too. Um, So I really don't know. I'm kind of just working on, you know, the book promotion right now and still have my business, my copywriting business going in the background and just kind of waiting to see what happens. (laughs) And I don't feel like this is my only book either. I feel like there are more books than me too. So 
that's what I was, I was wondering if you're going to be like, and there might be some other (laughs) books, but (laughs) I appreciate what you said about just knowing where, how far you've come from thinking type A personality, being a planner and all the things. And if this would have been years, you know, several years ago, you would have been just like out of your mind being impatient, (laughs) but man has the Lord worked on you. But isn't that so encouraging to know like where he's brought you from and and what he's brought you to. And that has gained such a personal trust in your relationship with him that even if you wait, no matter how long the waiting period is, he already has a plan. He's gone before you and he knows what's coming and he's guiding your path and having that relationship with him to have that trust. Cause trust is a huge thing. I mean, especially whenever we don't know what's coming, that can be scary. But to know, hey, he's brought me to this point. He's provided to this point. I He's never proven to not be faithful. Like he's never broken a promise. And so I think that that's a, a huge thing. It really is. And I think like now it's so easy for me to trust because I have all this proof in my life of all these things that he has done, even looking back to before I was a believer, all the things he was doing that I just didn't know you know, and then the miracle of my marriage and so many things that have happened. It's easy for me to trust because I can see what he's done. So I feel like I just want to put out there that if you're newer to Jesus or to walking with Jesus, and you don't feel like you have that proof yet, then to rest on these stories that are coming from me and coming from other people that have these stories until you have your own stories. So there's still proof out there, even if it's not in your own life yet, it's coming. You know, if you just keep trusting and keep drawing closer to him, it'll come. That is beautiful. That's beautiful words. That's spot on. I can't even like expand on that because you are spot on. Yes. Um, and I know that there have been times where just in this past year, this past several months of reading in the word and reading things that I, I mean, I grew up as a pastor's kid and there were things that I thought I just kind of knew all the stories. And now I'm learning, I'm like, oh, I didn't know all the stories. Like (laughs) there's more in here and I'm reading. And the more that I read, the more I'm realizing like who God is and it's incredible. And like you said, even if you don't feel like you have those stories yet, you can gain insight from other stories, whether it's somebody that, you know, somebody you hear or something that you read about in the word, there is proof out there. You just have to be open and search for it and look for it. And it's not like it's a hard search. I mean, it's pretty easy to find. (laughs) (laughs) So how is your marriage now? I know you guys came a long way. So what does it look like for you guys? Do you guys have a routine with checking in with each other or, you know, how does that look for you guys? Yeah. I mean, it's just so incredible to see how far God has brought us, you know, and like I said, it was like a different pace for a while there, but now we, you know, I, I feel like we're getting very evenly matched with how close we are to God and our, our hunger to be in the Bible. And we've started serving at church together, which has been really sweet. And, you know, we, it's interesting once the book, so it's probably been about a full year now of really getting the book like ready to go and start promoting it and reaching out and really talking about this all the time. And so, you know, when you start really talking about God's word, the enemy will start to come at you. And we have felt, I mean, full transparency, like we have felt Satan coming at our marriage over the last year. And we've had moments where we didn't catch it quickly enough. And we really started to like slip into old habits of being prideful 
and nitpicky and harping on little stuff. And then we were like, you know, a little bit of time will go by and we'll realize, wait, what is happening? Like, what are we doing? How did we get here again? And I think it helps so much to recognize where it's coming from, where I don't look at Michael, my husband, and think like, why is he doing this to me? What's wrong with him? Like, no, I look at him and think, okay, the enemy has got a foothold in here because we let him, you know, and maybe we weren't as strong in our prayer life or whatever it was. And being able to recognize that he's coming and that he's very real and that he will especially come after us when we're trying so hard to spread the word of Jesus and to bring more people to Jesus. And so that's the really the last year has been about making sure that we recognize that, that we call it out, you know, that we pray against it, like out loud praying, like, you know, Jesus has the power here. Satan does not have the power here and giving each other grace. And I think that has been the biggest growth overall for us in the last eight years is losing that pride and giving each other grace when we might do something that irritates each other or, you know, didn't live up to expectations of some kind. Or if, you know, we're the one, you know, like if I'm the one that didn't live up to the expectations or I did something irritating, being able to hear him and not be prideful and defensive, but being able to humble myself and recognize like God can use him to help me grow and vice versa. And so when we're in that place of swallowing our pride, being humble, hearing when another things are really good. But as soon as we lose sight of that, it starts to feel really hard and messy again. And I know that that's always going to go back and forth because we're not ever going to be perfect, you know? So it's, it's an ebb and flow, but I'm just so happy that we even have those tools, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Especially to know that you're not where you were eight years ago yeah. with each other, you know, <laughs> it's huge. like, yeah. <laughs> Be like, well, thank the Lord. Like if nothing else, at least we're not eight years ago, yeah. you know? And, but I, um, I have to laugh because I understand that whole, like having to swallow your pride and, you know, and be <laughs> it's humble hard. and it's a struggle. Yeah. It really is. And, but the good thing is that it doesn't, we, we're not having to be perfect. We just have to keep on trying. Exactly. That's what matters. Yeah. It's just trying and not giving up. And yeah, I, I love that. I agree. Yeah. And that's the beauty of his grace. And that's like, I think one of the biggest things I've learned is trading that guilt for grace. Like we don't have to live in this guilt that we do keep messing it up and do keep slipping back into the old habits. Like he gives us grace. And if, you know, if we are truly repentful in our hearts that we really do want to try to do better, then he lets us do that. And he gives us a chance to try again and again and again. And that grace is just such a beautiful gift from him. Do you have a favorite scripture that kind of falls in line with that, that you can, that you hold on to whenever you're in those moments? Actually, yes. And it does, it may not sound immediately like it's perfectly aligned, but let me explain. <laughs> so Philippians 4, 8, which I will say I'm terrible at memorizing scripture. So I will paraphrase, but it's basically whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is right, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on such things. And that is my life first because I find it very easy to slip into the negative and the complaining and to fixate on the negative. So whether that's about myself and how much I keep messing up <laughs> or it's about my husband and how much he's messing up <laughs> or my kids and how much they're messing up or whatever. If I can go back to that verse and remember that he is calling us to focus on all those good, pure, lovely, excellent, praiseworthy things. And you can always find those things if you look for them. 
that is what can bring me back into that mindset of, okay, God is still there. He is sovereign. He is giving us grace to try again, whether it's me or someone around me that needs the grace. You know, I, I focus like my husband is driving me nuts. If I can start to think about like all the good things that he does and how much he's blessed my life, like that will immediately change your perspective. You just can't help it when you start being in that place of gratitude, you know, or my kids or even myself, if I feel like I'm being the worst mom in the world. Okay. Let's think about the things I'm doing right. And like, how has God blessed me as a mother and how has he equipped me? Like what tools did he give me, you know, and just having that focus, I think can really help you pull out of that negativity that happens so easily. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. And that is a good verse. That's a spot on with so many situations in life that you can say, okay, what do I do in this situation? I focus on whatever is true and noble and yeah. That's really good. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Even like when you're in that place of anxiety too, just that one part, whatever is true. Like if you're a massive anxiety spin out, which I've had many times, if you focus on like just that part, what is true that can really help like bring you back down out of it. Absolutely. And goodness knows we can have anxiety about all kinds of things as (laughs) women, as moms, as wives, as as human beings, like I'm just anxious about the world, but you know, but then again, what is true? So yeah, that's so, so good. Where can people go to find you, find your book, find more out about you, connect with you? Yeah. So, um, I'm on Instagram at Chrissy Keniston, which is super fun to spell. So check out the show notes. (laughs) Um, and I'm also on Facebook. Chrissy Keniston author is my Facebook page. Um, and then my website is ChrissyKeniston.com. And I have a blog there that's updated sporadically because, you know, grace, give me grace. (laughs) Um, And my book, again, it's called What If I Name Her Grace? And it is on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Right now you can pre-order it up to June 29th. So then you'll be one of the first people to get it or it will be on store shelves um, starting on June 29th, wherever books are sold. So exciting. I'm so excited for you you. and for the lives that you're going to be able to touch and I'm excited to just see where the Lord takes you. I love seeing where God, what God takes people through and then how they're being used. And I can tell that the Lord, I mean, he knows, he knows what he's doing with you and your family and he has prepared the way. And I am so appreciative of you coming here and just taking some time out of your day to share your story and to be open and honest with, you know, that it's not all perfect and rainbows and unicorns, you know, and even whenever you actually know the Lord and you've come into a relationship with him and it still is not always perfect and you still stumble along the way and hearing you share your story. I know that those listening are really going to be touched and moved and whether it relates to them or someone that they know, I really hope and pray that they will share you know, share with someone that they think could benefit from it. I prayed before I got on here today that the Lord would guide our conversation and it would reach the person that it's supposed to. And so I am confident because we know who God is and what he's capable of. So I'm confident that the word spoken and the information shared is really going to help whoever is listening. So thank you again so much for being here. I'm so excited to read your book and I really hope that people will connect with you And again, I will put all the information in the show notes. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to be here. This was a great conversation. It really was. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode and gained encouragement that no matter what your struggles may be, 
no matter how many times you mess up, you are still loved by your creator. You don't have to be perfect. Keep pursuing it. Keep pursuing him. Keep diving deeper. If God is the God of grace, who are you to condemn yourself when you have messed up or have missed the mark? Remember that story I was sharing at the beginning about my homeschool curriculum sale? Well, despite things seeming like they were falling apart with the weather and the space, despite me turning it into being about how I was perceived, after I had that wake-up moment and repented, God showed up. The space that I was worried about because it had been cut in half, well, it got cleaned up and expanded, and I was able to actually fit more people inside that space than I had originally planned. The weather that I was worried about between the heat and the thunderstorms that were supposed to be happening right before the sale started, the storm never came. It was cool in the morning and the weather stayed perfect. And beyond any of that, the community and the conversations that happened were exactly what this was supposed to be about. Yes, people were able to sell their curriculum and Um, sell their used educational items and that kind of stuff. But we were able to connect with each other within our community. We were able to encourage each other, encourage those that are just starting out, or maybe they've been in it for a few years and they were still kind of feeling lost. I had such good conversations with people, both encouraging me and being able to encourage them. And I am sure that this was just the beginning of a future of really, really good homeschool community events. See, God will keep showing up for me. He totally showed up. And I thanked him for that from the time that I left work that morning, which by the way, I had gotten off later than planned. So then I was running behind, which was another panic moment. (laughs) But God totally showed up for me. And you know what else? He will do it for you too. When you mess up, no matter the circumstance, give it to him. He's got you. He loves you. He will forgive and get you through it all. He's got great plans for you. You just have to trust him about it. I'm hoping this podcast finds those needing encouragement, support, and community. If that's you, you found a friend. If you know of someone who would enjoy being a part, I'd love you to share it with them. I would love to connect with you on Facebook or Instagram. You can totally send me a message on either one of those. Look it up with Imperfectly Pollyanna. You can also shoot me an email to Courtney at imperfectlypollyanna.com. If you are on a platform that does offer ratings or reviews, I'd love if you just let me know how you think of the show. I hope you'll continue showing up as we find the good together. Remember, you are loved and I am glad you're here. See you next time.